episode 17 we are live welcome back ladies and gentlemen um a lot going on in the sports world as usual uh of course we have uh draft lotteries to cover and you know a, a big market that recently uh saw the end of a dynasty uh but big successful market multiple championships they win the lottery and get the perfect jump start to get a generational project or a prospect to jump start their rebuild i am of course talking about Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Lucas, what are your thoughts? Well, Bedard, he's the one who got away for the the San Jose Sharks. Obviously, yeah. I wanted him. Everyone wanted him the whole year. Everyone's talking about the Bedard sweepstakes. Who is going to win Connor Bedard? And he goes to Chicago in a uh, a surprising move. Um, you know, some are saying it was rigged. Some are saying it should have gone to San Jose. I'm not <laughs> going to comment on that exactly. Um, uh, but you know. For me, I, I I just look at I look at the talent there, and I think we've seen never seen a prospect like him. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I must say I'm I'm thrilled to hear the mild amount of a Canadian accent you just picked up for that little for that little spiel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, the only the Sharks could, you know, pull off a tank job that horrible. They had the least amount of wins in the NHL, but they had a bazillion overtime losses and that hurt their lottery odds. And of course they didn't get, they didn't get, they didn't even get top three. Um, and I remember when the sharks were making the playoffs, they would always get boned by the overtime loss rule because there was a team below them with, or sorry, a team with less wins than them that finished above them in the standings because they had hella overtime losses. And now that the sharks are trying to lose games, they're still getting boned by the overtime loss rule. Um, so I'm a big proponent of getting rid of that rule. It's, it's done the sharks nothing but foul uh in recent years but um but on to this you know little known sport basketball pretty much the same thing happened in san antonio you know that that dynasty for a long time uh is pretty much done and dusted but now they get a generational project uh to jumpstart their rebuild too uh who 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 who's the guy that they're talking some about some guy uh victor benbin wenbin yembin oh ben ben ben, your mom yeah oh i remember that <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty tall. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, San Antonio, I think that, you know, there's a ton of history in San Antonio, especially with uh, European players, and yep. everyone's kind of um, looking at this as as potentially a, a reboot of their, um, you know, their their dominance. And if Wembenyama is as good as everyone says that he is, then I think that we can look forward to a legit team um, with the San Antonio Spurs. I'm excited to see it. I'm happy for Greg Popovich that he will hopefully get another um, another few seasons of of success. Uh, it's been sad to see him on a terrible team, um, yeah. and I'm I'm glad that it worked out for him. And like he didn't um, pretend to give a fuck. And yeah, I, I think that Wembenyama is the most exciting. No, yeah, he was he was trying his best to get into this situation. Yeah, um, and he succeeded. Hey, the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Well, yeah, I, I will say, you know, even with Wenbanyama, that Spurs team is terrible. Um, so in, in, unless unless Wenbanyama can do things no rookie's ever done, you know, we're still a couple years out from San Antonio being uh, competing for a championship. But, you know, pop, maybe that's Popovich's parting gift is is them landing Wenbanyama. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see his initial impact because, you know, I think he's – He's at least the shoe in for the rookie of the year. And, you know, I would expect that the team wins 
around, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 more games um, this season with Wembenyama. Um, but and then there's then again, there's the reality where um, he really is exactly who we think he is. And he's an all NBA level player who propels the team to, you know, 40 wins or something like that. Um, in that case, I would be, I would be incredibly surprised and at the same time, not surprised. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's, you know, I don't think this is anything on Wembenyama. I think it's more about the Spurs being a terrible team. You know, it's like, you just, you know, Keldon Johnson's a good basketball player. I don't really think anyone else on that team is, um, but plenty, plenty of, uh, plenty of, of basketball will be discussed later on. Um, you know, an, an eight seed from South Florida uh, is competing in the championship. I am, of course, talking about the Stanley Cup final and the Florida Panthers. Uh, they'll be taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Vegas Golden Knights are already in their uh, second Stanley Cup finals appearance, despite being, what is it, six years, five or six years old. Um, and that, that I hate that. I really hate that. I hate Vegas. Um, Panthers and four. It's starting to feel like uh, a perennial dynasty in uh, with, with the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. It sucks because, you know, obviously the, the expansion draft, they just became good right off the bat, won a championship in their first year, which was ridiculous. They did not win a championship. Um, they did not win a championship. They, they, they lost. They did. No, they lost to the Capitals in the, in the finals. Did they ever win a championship? Have they won no. a championship yet? They have, not, they have not won a Stanley Cup yet. Thank God. I don't think Sorry. I'd be. Um, I, I took a, a slight break for like two minutes of, of not watching hockey. I must have missed a couple games um, a few seasons ago. Yeah. Uh, but um, in any case, in any case, this even goes to uh, goes to show how they seem like they're a dynasty when they might not be. Um, because some people like me uh, – thought that they won a championship before and they might just win another one um which i feel like is a little bit unfair to the teams that have been grinding it out um some teams that have been around for you know 25 plus years and maybe haven't won a stanley cup Mm -hmm. uh i think that they deserve it more (laughs) i i i agree and and you know instead they're getting they're out here getting boned by overtime losses um all right, one one last bit of of housekeeping notes before we really get into the business end of this episode. Uh, I remember on a previous episode in this season, my stance on the A's relocating to Vegas was on the fence about whether I'm upset at the city or the team, you know, whose fault it is. Um, and I do want to get it on record that I have picked a stance and I am firmly placing the blame on the team and the ownership, um, not the city of Oakland. Um, I have done my research into it and I've read my literature and watched my YouTube and it's, it's not really that subjective either. It's, it's pretty clear the, the facts of the case, uh, it is squarely on, uh, the team and the ownership. Um, and I think this just, you know, I'm not committing to this divorce. I'm I'm not divorcing with the A's, but I think I'm separating. Um, you know. I, I want to be careful because when when the A's turn it around this season and win a World Series, I still want to be able right. to root for them. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think I think the likely outcome is is me abandoning baseball altogether. I, I I don't know if I can keep being a baseball fan, at least an MLB fan. I can like the sport, but I don't know if I can be an MLB fan. Um, just with how this whole thing is unplayed or played out, unfolded. Wow. Um. I mean, yeah, that's that's really tough. I mean, I could. 
you know, for you, it seems like your love for the sport was tied to the Oakland athletics. There's two parts to that one that it's the athletics, the other part that it's in Oakland. Um, and you know, obviously the A's are the, the snakes here. I feel like you probably could have gotten away with, you know, supporting the Las Vegas athletics. If it was, you know, the o Oakland just couldn't support a, a new stadium and Oakland's just kind of on a, on the downturn as a, as a city in general. Um, and then it's just kind of an unfortunate situation, but it probably stings a little bit more to know that it's, you know, the ownership that wanted to leave your city rather than your city who wasn't able to sustain a team. So um, again, you know, our doors are always open. <laughs> San Francisco Giants. Yeah. We are kind of on a heater right now. And I know 11 and three since, since May, I think. Or yeah. I think we lost, we actually, we lost our last two games, unfortunately, okay. but um, there was a time earlier on this podcast when I mentioned that I figured that I thought that the Giants would eventually reach 500 again. We did that and we eclipsed 500. We got two games over 500 and now we sit exactly at 500. Nice. Um, honestly, everything is clicking right now for the Giants. Uh, we have Michael Conforto, who is starting to hit like a all-star. He was hitting in, in the 150s up until about a month ago. And then now he's up to 247. So that kind of shows how uh, insanely hot he's been. He has 11 home runs. I think he's wow. leading the team in RBIs as well. Um, and, and the pitching staff has also been really, really good. You know, we have, we have three, uh, really good starters in, in Logan Webb, Alex Cobb and Anthony DiScofani. We have Alex Wood, who is also a very solid starter. And then we go with the bullpen game who now, now Sean Manaya has entered the bullpen, um, right. which is, which is an interesting play. So we kind of do this like long reliever type thing with Manaya and Junis. And, uh, it's, it's really <laughs> working out. I think that this, the, the way that we've set up the team is is really good and i can absolutely see us maintaining this um level of success maybe not to the 11 and 3 uh clip but if I, you know i i could see us uh you know maybe finishing second place in the nl west yeah uh jacob junis was one of my uh teammates for a little while in my in my road to the show career where i'm far and away the best player who's ever touched a baseball um but you know go, going going back to the a's you know it it, it really hurts the most because you know it's like Green collar baseball. That's what the Oakland A's are about. And that that's how they sold themselves too. And they fucking they fucking strung us along and played us for fools uh, and broke our hearts. Um and it, it really is just, you know, like as as crooked and villainous as rich people can be to a large population of people, this is it. Um and especially of people, you know, it's like it's 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 kicking a wounded dog. You know, the the city and people of Oakland. Um but enough well, hey, so now you are a Santa Barbara. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry for oh, yeah, yeah, please, actually, yeah, please, yes, yes. We have a little bit of a of a connection issue here, clearly. So I apologize to all the listeners for this. Uh, but I did want to announce that uh, Ryan Greenberg will be joining the Santa Barbara Foresters. Let's go! I'm uh, hitting up. this summer <laughs> as an intern. Yeah, and uh, this is this is a wonderful beginning. Thank you, thank you. I'm 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 actually I'm actually really really fired up. You 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 surprised me with that shout out. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe uh the the in so you know for all my for all our listeners who are very unentitledly devoted to my my happenings um the internship runs through the end of july and i'll be doing i'll be doing a lot um i will have opportunities to do both pa and play-by-play -play and scorekeeping um so I'm, I'm probably gonna dabble i'm gonna dabble in a lot of things um but my main uh forte is gonna be reporting and writing 
um, which I'm super excited about. Um, I've had, you know, I've had an interview and just today I had a meeting um, with a couple of the other interns and, and the staff. Um, I'm really excited. This, this, this operation seems legit. Um, and everyone, everyone seems really committed to doing their job well. Um, so I'm very excited. Um, I think I'm gonna have a lot of fun doing it and really push my career, career forward. And uh, come August, I can, we can really, we can continue committing ourselves to the podcast. So it'll be, it'll be a good summer for Unentitled Sports too. Yes. And I'm looking forward to hearing uh, directly from the source, um, yep. my updates on the Santa Barbara Foresters. Yep. I will no longer have to check the ESPN app. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or watch or watch TV. Right, I can yeah. just ask. Uh, Tom, just you don't have to come to Tom Producci for uh, for Forrester's news. You can come to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, but um, but yes. Uh, another reason to celebrate. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers have been swept. Thank yes, thank Christ, because you know, as I'm sure our listeners know, my media persona is built upon being a Laker hater. Um, and you know, we're 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 still down because you know. The Warriors did lose to the Lakers, but at least the Lakers didn't win a single game after that. You know what? The season ended the same time for us as it did for them. Let's yep. be real. They <laughs> clearly did not have a shot against the Nuggets. Um, it was not domination per se, but when it came down to it, it in the fourth quarter of all of those games, they, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, when it came down to it, there was one better team than the other. And LeBron, um, he he really ran out of gas uh, a few of those games. And, it, you know, it just goes to show that the Lakers were not some, you know, amazing Cinderella story that put it all together at the end. Yep. They were just a team that played really well against the Warriors. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, yeah. And I think, you know, especially now it's, you know, like. I will, I will preface this by saying there's no way LeBron retires, you know, let's uh, let, let's, you know, I, I want I want to get this on record. What's something crazy I have to do if LeBron retires? Um, if LeBron retires, you have to uh, say your favorite slur on the next podcast. <laughs> All right, um, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm just you know, there, there's no chance in how LeBron retires this summer. Um, but I, I think you know what what that statement does mean. Um, is that he's not exactly content in LA. Um, and, you know, LA is a fragile team and they're in a very fragile situation. And, you know, I was really upset because like, oh man, the Warriors lost. The Lakers can't give me something to make fun of them for anymore. But nope, the Lakers have given me material. You know, just just when I was in my deepest, darkest moment, they they came through for me. Um, they they never fail um, to, to give me something to, to grab onto, to, you know, a little bit to hate on. Um, and, and yeah, this Lakers team is this close, you know, it's like, I think, I think the shit that they're in is deeper than the shit that we're in. Um, and I think there's no reason to believe that they will be better than us next year. Um, and I, I, I don't see the Lakers as a team that's a threat to us. And I see the Lakers as a team that's more likely to fall apart and embarrass themselves again. Which thank 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 goodness thank goodness yeah I mean this has kind of been the path right it, it's been the path for a while that a lot of people have have felt where you know LeBron has finished out all of his contracts um, with his teams he's not a player who um, requests a trade in, with in the middle of his of his contract so mm -hmm. you know the idea kind of has always been that he will finish this season out with the Los Angeles Lakers Bronny will play for USC and then whoever drafts Bronny next year will. 
uh, LeBron will sign with them in the offseason, and that will most likely be his last uh, season. And, you know, this year for the Lakers, it's going to be a run back of, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis with uh, a, a slew of role players who uh, are probably going to be different than they were this year, as they have been every year well, along this, been. you know, Lakers. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, it's always a new group of people. Um, we will see a, a new baby uh, white guy point guard who plays good defense, hopefully. Um, we had uh, Austin Reeves, who really proved himself as a legit NBA player, who's yeah. probably going to go get a contract somewhere else. Um, I'm excited for that. And uh, and the next the next defensive white guy who can shoot threes a little bit, um, he will probably help them, I'm guessing, to – around where they were this year in the, in the play in tournament. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this, this Lakers team hit their ceiling. Um, you know, I, I think uh, there, there is something to be said for them if they go get Kyrie Irving. Um, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, it's like the only money that they have, you know, they, they, they're in a better money spot now than they were before. Cause they don't have that Russ contract. And I, I, I think that D contract is, I think he's a free agent um, or he's getting traded. Um, I don't, I don't think that there's, I bottom line, I don't think they're stuck with that DLO contract. Um, so, you know, if, if they want to have three good players and then fill out the rest of their team with garbage, like they did two years ago, they, they, they mm -hmm. can, and they might, and they probably will. Um, or they can, you know, pay Austin Reeves or they can spread that money around. Um, but you know, I, I think this Lakers team, um, they were better obviously after, after the trade deadline, but I think they hit their ceiling. I don't think that Lakers team has any business playing in an NBA finals. Um, and I'm glad I was proven right. Um, and, and yeah, I, I got it. You know, I got to give the nuggets their flowers. You know, it's like the, the nuggets Good. were, were a team, you know, it's like kind of like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Boston later. Um, but kind of like Boston and Philly and Utah before they blew it up and Phoenix. Well, I guess Phoenix did make it to a finals, but you know, um, you know, the, the, the team that could never make it over the hump, once they got there um, and now they did um, they haven't won their championship yet, but even still, I think getting to the finals means something. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to give Denver the credit that they've earned. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've been on the opposite side of this, uh, this take for a bit where I, I did believe that, that Denver was, you know, that's a legit team. I, I kind of was, was saying this um, for a while that they are, are built really, really well. And they clearly play really well together and they've been playing together for a long time. And, uh, you know, now it's, it's clearly time. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of teams in this league that will put together a team, uh, kind of just, you know, find the best players that they can get and then put role players around those best players and then go and try to win a championship. And that happens all the time. Um, but, you know, more often than not, it's the team that is, relatively homegrown that kind of adds a few pieces that has been playing together for a long time who develops a top five player in the league that then goes on to dominate you know like look at all of the dynasties in this league they're generally you know homegrown they're not teams that you know we signed a, a, a amazing player and then you know then we went on to have a dynasty it's it sort of you know it comes in the draft and then it, it's coaching and it's experience. Um, and I think that this is where the, the Denver Nuggets are now. Um, Nicole Jokic is a two-time MVP. I think he's the best player on the earth. I've said he was the greatest player of all time. 
I <laughs> might say that again. Um, he's up there for sure. Uh, and, and this team is, is legit. They're a real basketball team. Yeah. 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 Three, you, you, you really said it with the, with the homegrown point. Um, three of their best, the three of their best. Lost players drafted. Sorry. I just, the connection is a little bit garbo. Oh yeah. 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 Hey, I, I edited the last episode so I can, I can go back and edit this out. Um, but you know, you, you, you really, you really hit it with the, uh, the homegrown point. Um, you know, Denver's three best players are, are drafted. Um, and if, you know, if, if we, if we're calling Steph Curry better than Kevin Durant, you know, every actually, no, not the Lakers, not the Lakers, the Lakers championship did not have any, you know, their best players weren't drafted, but you know, other than the Lakers, you go back. Well, to, no, they don't count. They don't count. Uh, yes. Not, nothing about that championship counts. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, but um, no, no, no. But, um, you know, if, if you go back really to since those Miami championships with LeBron, all of the best players on mm-hmm. those teams have been drafted. You know, that Spurs team at the end, you know, Kawhi was probably their best player. But whether it was Kawhi or Timmy, either way, um, drafted. Uh, all the Warriors rings, Steph was obviously drafted. Uh, LeBron in Cleveland, you know, he, he had to come back, but you know, Cleveland did draft him. Um, yeah. Oh, Toronto. I forgot about Toronto. Um, Toronto. But then again, Toronto, you know, outside, outside of Kawhi, that was kind of a, a, like all of their role players who were, who were good were, were drafted onto that team. And it was sort of just adding the one piece that was the best player. Yeah. Uh, rather than, you know, putting together two or three superstars under the same team, like a, you know, Clippers situation or current yep. Lakers or, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, since that Spurs championship, there only have been one or two teams that haven't been homegrown. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, the Denver, Denver's earned it. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm excited for them. You know, it's not really a team you can root against. Uh, cause they've done it right. Um, and, uh, a- another team that's hard to root against is the eight seed Miami heat. Um, and Jimmy Butler is, you know, a, a dog, Jimmy Butler, dog, Gabe Vincent, dog, uh, Cody Martin, dog, Max Struess, dog, Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin. 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 Yeah. Cody Martin's on a Charlotte. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, no, um, Miami, it's a, you know, Miami, yeah, like I said, another really hard uh, uh, team that's really hard to root against, um, especially for us Gauchos. Uh, this is officially the, the the first calling of the Gabe Vincent fan club. Um, I've been, uh, I've been blown up UCSB TV's uh, Instagram story with Gabe Vincent content as, as the sports reporter I am. Um, and, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been fucking awesome watching, the, watching a Gaucho score 20 points in, you know, leading, you know, helping his team get to the finals and he's four, you know, we're, we're four wins away from having a gaucho as an NBA champion. How awesome is that? No, he's fucking sick. Like, I think he's, I he's mean, NorCal other too. than, uh, what? what was that? He's, Nor- he's NorCal too. He's a NorCal boy. Like, like yeah. he's, he's, he's just probably, like he's definitely the best basketball player that's ever gone to UCSB, which is awesome yeah. um, to think about. And then, you know, if he wins a championship, I'm not going to say he's better um, uh, than, sorry, wait, it's, it's Shane Bieber, right? That's who went to UCSB. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to say he's better than Bieber because Bieber is obviously like an elite level player. Yeah, Bieber also and, won a Cy Young and a, and a pitching triple crown. So. 
<laughs> you know, so so the, he's not gonna have a season like that. But um, I, it's it's hard to it's hard to not recognize the greatness that is uh that is Gabe Vincent, and he'll definitely be considered, in my opinion, the second best sports player to uh, attend our our beautiful university. You're uh, you're you're forgetting about Jason Lezak, my friend. Who? Jason Lezak. He has he has probably the the most famous um relay split of all time for swimming. Um it was the 2008 Beijing Olympics and he was anchoring. Oh my god. Um, and he was on he was on a relay with Phelps. Um and he jumps in about a body length behind behind the guy uh who's in first and then he catches him you know, with the last stroke. And it was just, you know, it was, it was electric, you know, like it was, you know, sports center, top 10, everyone was going crazy. Um, and, uh, that guy, I've met that guy before too. Um, he did a clinic at my, at my neighborhood pool. Um, and I got to take a picture with him and his medals. And I very jokingly asked if I could, you know, like take the picture biting one of the medals with one of the medals in my mouth. Um, and he didn't find it funny at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, no, <laughs> dude, it was a fucking joke. Um, but Jason Lezak, uh, former Gaucho, and you know has one of the most famous swims of all time. Um, but um, to get back on track here, um, I, I would I would like to get our reactions to the uh, uh, the Boston Miami series. You know, I kind of I kind of gave my spiel on Miami, um, and now uh, I get to do something. I, I love doing this every single year. Um, it's reminding people that the Boston Celtics aren't good. Um, you know. Credit to them. They they got to the finals last year, which is something they hadn't done before. But, you know, every, you know, every, every Brad Stevens team, you know, rebirths like a Phoenix and dies the same way. Um, you know, you had the Isaiah Thomas team, you had the Kyrie Irving team, and now it's Jason Tatum's team. Doesn't matter. You know, since this Brad Stevens team, Brad Stevens, di- not dynasty, since this Brad Stevens organization, um, has been a Brad Stevens organization. It's just one playoff disappointment after another. It's them not getting over the hump. Um, and you know, we've seen it with three different leaders since my freshman year of high school. So it's been, it's been seven years uh, that Boston has been contending for a title and they haven't gotten over the hump. Um, and I'm, I'm really upset because, you know, this narrative that surrounds Philly, this narrative that surrounded Milwaukee before they got, before they mm-hmm. got over the hump, you know, that surrounded the, the Clippers. You know, it's been around. You know, it's been around the Clippers for forever. Uh, this narrative that surrounded the Jazz before they blew it up. You know, you know, it 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 always happens. There are always a couple of teams in the NBA who are the teams that can never get over the hump. And the Boston, Rockets. Yep. Yeah. The thank. Yeah, that's the one I always forget. The Rockets when they had James Harden. Uh, the Thunder. The Thunder when they had KD. Um, you know, uh, the Toronto before they got Kawhi. Um. You get the picture. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure I could name a hundred more, but you get the picture. Um, and and these teams, these teams catch strays for it. Um, you know, they're always getting shit on on ESPN and on social media. Um, and I don't understand how Boston has avoided this treatment because they're no different. You know what I'm saying? And it it bothers me. If you couldn't tell, it bothers me. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean. Uh, ESPN might as well list the finals as the team who beat the Lakers versus the team who beat the Celtics. Yeah. Um, because those are their two favorite teams. It's not even close. Yeah. They love to do the uh, percent chance to win 
and just completely just favor the Celtics yeah. by <laughs> huge margins that just don't make any fucking yeah, sense. And they lose, and it's never yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this this version of the Celtics is a very interesting one. I have been of the opinion for a while that Jason Tatum is not a consistent enough player to win a championship. So far, he has consistently proven me correct <laughs> about that. And uh, and I think that it's not just him. You know, I feel like it's also Jalen Brown, who's just not consistent. These The Celtics have such a high ceiling as a team. When they play correctly and they They're very deep play, too. and all of them are on, if Jason Tatum is, is having a great game, they're probably the best team in the league if if they are all um, clicking. But yeah. this just doesn't happen all that often. I, it's, it happens that three games out of every seven-game series, yep. Jason Tatum doesn't show up or Jalen Brown doesn't show up also three games. So if you have these offsetting amount of games where, you know, Jason Tatum's not on or Jalen and Jalen Brown's on, well, guess what? You're going to lose the game. And if Jalen Brown's on but Jason Tatum's not on, sorry, if Jason Tatum's on but Jalen Brown's on, you might not necessarily win the game. Yep. Um, and it's just not it's just not championship stuff, you know. Yeah. You got to be more consistent than that. You have to be able to step up when you need to step up rather than kind of by luck. If it's a game seven and you're at home, you don't get to take that game off, Jalen Brown. Yeah. You kind of have to uh, step up and, and play better than you normally do. Um, that's just not something that they've been able to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. And this, this Boston team, um, their shooting is so contagious because, you know, they're either all hitting their shots or nobody's hitting their shots. Um, and that's not good. Um, you know, that's, you know, you, 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 you can't, you can't expect to do, you can't, you can't expect a championship if, if, if your team has that conundrum. Um, I will, I will say to, to the Celtics credit, um, just the, the overall shape or the, the outlook of the franchise and the shape that they're in is hugely different getting swept versus going out in seven games. Cause you know, it's like, all right, we lost in the conference mm -hmm. finals with, you know, we, we lost in the conference finals in seven games. Um, you know, this team is still good enough to run it back with maybe just changing out a couple pieces. If you get swept in the conference finals, it's like, fuck, we got to do something about this. Um, so, but that, yeah. you know, you could also make the argument, maybe Boston's better off if they get swept because then they have to do something about that team. Whereas now they, they have the option to run it back and, you know, this team hasn't proven that they're a team that can, if, if they run it back, they, they haven't proven shit. And if they run it back, I don't expect them to get over the hump. Yes. Okay. I mean, so, so there's kind of two sides to this where one is, is yes. And, and like I just said, I feel like Jason Tatum isn't, He's not that guy, you know, he's, I don't think he's, he's You're as good as, as Jokic or one of these. Yeah. He's just not that guy. Um, I don't think he's as good as Jokic. You know, I don't think he's as good as these players. I don't, who I don't are, think, who I don't think anyone them. is saying that either. No, but, but at the same time, when you have a team that already made it to the finals once, um, almost made it to the finals again, and is clearly capable of being the best team in the Eastern conference next year in the regular season, it's so hard to justify not doing that again. Because if you you go and you trade pieces, what are the odds? Like we just said, you know, if you you take you go out and you try to act, acquire superstars to come to a team and then you put the pieces around them and then go try to make a championship run, that doesn't always work as well as having homegrown talent who you sure. consistently 
you know, and, and then with the experience that they have now, they're only going to get we did better. Just talk about that 10 or 15 minutes ago. We did. We did. So, um, you know, my opinion is that they should just keep what they have right now. Keep running it back until Jason Tatum figures out how to play yeah. five uh, playoff games in a row. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, uh, Jason, and he, and to me, to me, it's, it's he needs to prove that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I've been saying that the whole team needs to prove it. Um, you know, Jason Tatum's still young. He's, you know, on his what fifth year of being 19. So, um, he's, he's still, he's still got time he's, to figure it out and, and get better. Um, and, you know, and, and a lot, a lot of today's stars had to fail in the playoffs before they succeeded. You know, it's like Giannis had to get pushed around in the playoffs, mm-hmm. had to get pushed around in the playoffs. So, you know, uh, just cause Tatum's not there doesn't mean he can't be, um, but you know, th- this Boston team, um, what I would like, they, they have, they have crazy depth, um, especially too. They, you got, you got to remember they did all of this without Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> um, so, um, <laughs> yeah. um, but, yeah. uh, but no, they, they have, they have crazy amount of depth. They have, um, depending on whether you want to call Jalen Brown a guard, they have three or four starting caliber guards. Um, and you know, and if they, you know, and they have, they, they've got crazy depth. Um, and I think Boston should try to mm-hmm. package off some of that depth together with one of their starters to try to get an upgrade, you know, maybe, um, you know, get a better, maybe get a better center, um, you know, trade, trade Horford. I, yeah, no, I, I see Horford the center position for a better center, you know, at, you the know, or, position for Boston. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you know, it's like, you know, like I, I don't, I don't think you need Derek white and Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus smart. Um, and at the same time, Horford and Rob, Rob Williams, you know, I, I think you can package some of those pieces together and try to upgrade. Um, I don't, I, there, there, for me, there's not one glaring spot that needs an upgrade over another. I don't think that they need to ship out one player or upgrade one position. I think they just got to get better. Um, and and they they have they have the uh, the the trade value to do it. It's just figuring out how to package together and how to upgrade. Um, if I'm if I'm Brad Stevens, that's what I'm trying to figure out how to do this summer. Because um, you know it's like yeah, depth is good, but like if you could get another piece, I think that's how you get over the hump. Or if you if you get an, if you sorry if you get an upgrade, I I think upgrading is how they get over the hump. Yeah, I, I think that um, for me the way. I- yeah. For me, the player that you have to upgrade now is Al Horford because he's getting a lot older. He's not as effective as he once was. And I see next year, he's probably going to regress another step. Rob Williams, on the other hand, has continued to get better. He is an elite defensive player. And I think that if you can slot him into the starting starting role and he doesn't get hurt next year, then you're probably in a better position than you were um, this year, even if you just have uh, you know, a somewhat injured Rob Williams and Al Horford. But if you take Al Horford, you package him with one of your unnecessary ball handlers like, you know, uh, Derek White, maybe, um, and you go out and you try to get some more shooting, then I think that's a really good way of 
uh, cleaning this team up a little bit. Horford's another one of those players who was also very inconsistent. You'd rather go get someone who's a, a consistent defender, probably, and uh, hopefully someone who also has a little bit of shooting. I don't know who that's going to be. I would assume it's going to be someone coming off of one of these teams that made a playoff run and then maybe is looking for a little bit more money. Maybe uh, the teams are also trying to shuffle things around a little bit. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, hey, we were just talking about him. Austin Reeves. Yeah. Well, the talk, talk about another, un, you know, that, that, that guard room is already pretty crowded. Um, um, no, I, I mean, you, you got to ship out a couple of guards. Yeah. You got to ship out a couple of guards. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, I think, I think a, a decision that, you know, um, uh, Brad Stevens and Joe Missoula got to make is, Hey, do we want to commit to running Jalen Brown at the two and the three or the three and the four? Um, and I think, I think they should run them at the three and the four. Um, so that opens up more spots for their glut at, at the guard. Um, cause that way you don't have to have two of those three good guards on the bench. Um, and you know, it's a smaller lineup, smaller lineups tend to do better. Um, and it, you know, prepares you for a life without Al Horford, which is going to happen soon. Um, and it allows Rob, Rob Williams to just do his thing. Um, but I, I think sort of the the failure, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, sometimes we're going to start, you know, start uh, Brown and, and Tatum at the at the three and the four. But sometimes we're going to start them at the two and the three and play Horford and Rob Williams together. Sometimes, you know, we're going to do this. You know, it's like I think defining positions and defining starting lineups is going to be the first step to figuring out who's going to stay, who's going to go, where you're going to upgrade. Sure. Yeah, I can I can I can see that, too. Um I do have some opinions that I want to get into about these uh, this matchup with the uh, boss. Or sorry, the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat teams that are actually playing in the yes. finals. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I'm, uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm very excited for this one. Um, something that I'm interested to see, I'm very interested to see, is the way that Bam Adebayo is going to match up against Nikola Jokic because Bam Adebayo is a very different defender than Anthony Davis, and clearly. Jokic knows how to uh, piece up a defender like Anthony Davis because you kind of have to bring in two guys if you start Jokic up top on, on the at the top of the key, right? Um, Davis isn't capable of, of switching onto a guard if you're on the pick and roll, um, and he kind of would rather sag off and, and play more in the paint than uh, play up on Jokic because if you play up on Jokic, you're screwed because he's not in the paint. And if you sag off Jokic, guess what? He's going to drop 30 points on you, which he did every single night. Um, Bam Adebayo is a very different defender. He's not as big. He's not as much of a pure rim protector. He can switch onto guards. He's a lot faster. Um, and I think that that's something that is going to play to the advantage of the Miami Heat. Um, and the question that I have is, is that enough to challenge them on a, on a matchup standpoint? Because um, talent-wise, I think that they're very much out-talented. But then again, that's been the case every every yeah. every series so far. So if you have an advantage with the matchups, and then you have Jimmy Butler stepping up, you know I could see something something going down. Yeah, I think um, for me, uh, Miami decides the series. You know, it's like I I I feel like Denver's a lot more predictable, and I feel like I know I'm gonna get what I'm gonna get from them, and it could be good enough to win. But Miami, you know, Miami could underperform they could perform on par and they could overperform i don't know what i'm going to get from miami um you know it, it's miami has proven that they're hard to predict um and you know miami's proven that you know the the 
them being the worst team and them playing a better team, it doesn't matter. Um, I think one thing that is good for Miami and bad for Denver is, you know, you you look at the matchups uh, going into this finals and Miami has been challenged and faced adversity and played better teams way more than, you know, Denver has. And that's not necessarily Denver's fault because, you know, they they play the eight seed. Okay, you earn that because you're the one seed. And then you play the four seed. Yeah, you're going to play a four or five. Um, and then they played a seven seed in the conference finals. Um, whereas mm-hmm. um, Miami, they beat the one seed, they beat the four seed, and then they beat the two seed. So it's like they've had, mathematically speaking, the most challenging finals run possible. Um, and if they beat another one seed, you know, might, you know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but if they beat another one seed, that's easily the greatest playoff run. You know, it's like you're an eight seed that won. No, yeah. You're, you're an eight seed that won the finals and you mathematically had the hardest route to do it. That's incredible. That's never happened before. Absolutely. I completely agree. That's what is like, like, I love the Nuggets. I love the way that they play. I love Nikola Jokic. But if Miami is somehow able to do this, it is going to be the most like unprobable um incredible playoff run that i've ever seen in my entire life and that is that is a fact um i've never you know going into this playoffs i thought that miami was going to win one game i thought that they would maybe take one game off the bucks and they have literally put themselves on a completely other level um for the playoffs and i think it's going to take if they win it'll take jimmy butler I think he's a certified Hall of Famer if he if he wins a championship and oh, he's gonna wow. be considered, you know, a top ten player in the league right now. And people will will talk about him in, in all time conversations. Um yeah. it, it's it's great. I I'm I I feel like it's a win win for me because if the Nuggets win, then I was right about my prediction at the yep. beginning of the playoffs, like yep. all the Nuggets winning. And we get to watch the beautiful Nuggets basketball, like I love. And if Miami Heat win, it's going to inspire me. Um to you know go on my grind set and become my own version of, of Hemi Buckets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah, I mean one one thing um this uh this Miami Heat run makes Milwaukee look a lot better. Um because you know they didn't lose yeah. to an eight seed they lost to a team that went to the finals. Um so mm-hmm. you know this this makes Milwaukee look a little bit better. Um but but yeah you know I, I think I think Denver plays better basketball. Um you know they've They've played good basketball for a long time. And now that now they've, you know, got healthy enough and done it for long enough to perfect it. Um, but you know, Miami that, you know, Miami's just one of those teams where it's like whatever you can say for the other team, it might just not matter. Um, Miami might just dog this one out. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler could grit his teeth. For real. They might just 40 point. more. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. You know, this, 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 you know, it's like there might just be enough magic in that Miami locker room to win another four games. You know, it's like they've already won. They've already beat Milwaukee and Boston who are better teams than Denver in the regular season. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like, they've, they've proven they belong here. Um, So how much better Denver looks, I I don't think it's, you know, Denver looking good is still valid, but them looking better than Miami. I don't know that that is, Um, you know, Miami, you know, it's like, they fucking win and they, they do it against all odds. And if they, and if they've been winning against all odds, all playoffs, why is that going to stop now? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I think it's so cool what they're doing over there. I was thinking about it. You know, I'll give my prediction at the end of this spiel, but um, I was really thinking about it and I'm like, 
you know, Jimmy Butler has made it all this way, and now he's in the finals. Do you think he's going to just, like, let that pass him by, that opportunity yeah. to win a championship pass him by? No. Like, he is going to step up to another level, in my yeah. opinion. I, I, that's what I think is going to happen. Especially he, at least he's going to try. Finals loss. That's true, exactly. And and this is this is the most motivation that a guy like him can possibly have. And he's just a fucking dog. So it's like, am I gonna bet on him him rising to the occasion or not rising to the occasion? Like I'm gonna yeah. bet that he is going to rise to the analyst. I, you know, basketball is my game. I claim to know ball. Um <laughs> and I think anyone with a brain has to make has to, uh, yes, exactly. And I, I have to make the right prediction, which is uh, Nuggets and six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, that's definitely the safe prediction. Because um, um, it's like, you know, if you get it wrong, it's like, oh, well, you got it wrong. But if you get the Miami one wrong, it's like, oh, man, why would you say that? Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of flack for that because that is the safe prediction. Um, <laughs> this is this is, is what I for sure. Yeah, this is this is what I think. Um you know, we saw it with Kawhi Leonard um, in 2019, and you know, our 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 parents saw it with Michael Jordan six times in the 90s. Um, it's like, oh god, like he's he like this guy doesn't give a fuck. He's gonna win. You know, all the analytics, all the stats, all the everything. You know, all the whatever else you have to say, all of the better judgment, really. It it just goes out the fucking window. Um, and it's just gonna come down to this guy being such a phenomenal athlete that him wanting it is that alone is enough. Um, and I, you know, I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but all the signs are there. Um, you know, um, and yeah, like I said, Denver's the safer pick because they're the better team and they play better basketball. Um, and you know, the the hardest part of every Cinderella story is the finals. Um. But um, you know, I'm I'm really torn. I've I've actually thought thought about my prediction, what I'm gonna do um for for a for a couple of days, because you know, we've we've been planning out this episode uh for a couple of days. Um and I I, I honestly, you know, it's like I've I've thought about it for a while. Um and it's it's tough. Um I think I'm gonna go Miami and seven. Um just because this this whole playoff Ooh, run, this whole playoff run has storybook written all over it, um, and I think Denver's too good for Miami to beat them easily. But I I think Miami is, you know, Miami's proven themselves as a team that is gonna, you know, fight like fight fight really fight to the death. Um, I don't think my you know Miami's not gonna lose this, you know, if they have anything to do with it. Um, and you know what? And and yeah, Denver's the safer prediction. You know, it's like the I'm picking Denver against my better judgment. You know, my my better judgment wants me to pick Denver. You know, my my smarter half wants me to wants me to pick Denver. Um, because I you know it's like I I I feel like it's more likely, but you know it's like um because you know it's like everything tangible, everything logical, um everything rational is like you know um. Denver's the better team and they're going to win. Um, and I think if, if that's what we're basing our prediction off of, um, then yeah, you know, it's like Denver's the right pick, but I firmly believe that there's more to sports than that. Um, and, you know, depending on how much of that element you believe is present in sports, 
for me, it's a lot. That's why I'm going Miami. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I love, I love the take. And honestly, like I, I kind of hope it happens. I, I would love oh, yeah, to I'm, see something I'm like that. Really I was just Miami. thinking about the most amazing scenario. It's like going to make for the best documentary is if Miami, if, if Miami comes back from a three Oh deficit. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. That um, would be poetic. Yeah. That would be NBA's rigged. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, let's um yeah, I I, I think it's gonna be six or seven either way. I'm I'm leaning a little bit toward Miami. Um and Miami and seven, but like it's very even. Um I'm I find I, I don't often find myself being this torn over prediction. Um I feel like I usually feel like they like a, a better team presents itself. Um but I'm very torn on this one. You know, it's like my, my confidence interval is low. Um but uh, as the unentitled uh, reporter and presenter that I am, uh, it is my duty to make a pick, and that pick is Miami in seven. All right. Um, we will see. You want to put some money on it? Nah. Uh, I don't know, man. I kind of, I'm kind of happy with the with the two hundred dollars or the hundred and fifty dollars I'm taking from this playoff wins pool. Um, Wait, I would. You have both. You have both. I do have both. <laughs> For in, Denver in Miami. And Miami. Yep, Miami was my last pick. Wow. Yeah, yep. So you won. Yep. Yeah. So I, I fucking, I fucking blew you guys out Good. of the water. Good pick. Yeah. 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 I just, I, I love being right, and I love taking your money for it. <laughs> hey, there's another opportunity here. Take some more money. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy with what I got. You got, you got to quit while you're ahead. Okay. Okay. All right. Well. That just about does it for episode 17. Um, I think we're in for a great finals either way, just because it's like the the feel-good factor and the rootability for both of these teams is so high. Um, I think we're in for something good no matter how it plays out. Um, so we're gonna have a lot of fun. We hope you guys do too. And we will we will certainly uh be checking in with you guys depending on how the series goes, either during, uh, but if not, definitely after. Um, unless you have any closing remarks, Lucas. No, I, I, I want to apologize. I want to apologize for uh, maybe some of the some of the connectivity issues that we might have experienced during this podcast. But we we thank you very much for um, sticking through it and uh, being unentitled. Yep, uh, I'll do my best to edit it out, but it probably won't be perfect. Um, but yeah, seventeen episodes down. Thank you guys for watching. Or fuck, not watching. God damn it, listening. <laughs>